Hello and welcome to the Superman Confidential Podcast. I'm Tom, here to talk all things Clark Kent and Superman. And there hasn't been a lot lately. As per usual, this has been a pretty slow year. Pretty slow few years, but especially this year with the pandemic and everything that's going on. There hasn't been a ton of news, but there is some stuff I wanted to catch up on the latest stuff and give you my thoughts on that. So way back, there was the DC Fandom Part 2 panel, which I never discussed because there wasn't anything news-wise Superman-related, anything major there. There was a Superman Man of Tomorrow premiere panel, a Superman and Lois panel. Of course, if you want any of my thoughts on Superman and Lois, you can check out Superman and Lois, the New Adventures podcast, where I give thoughts on that. Uh, there was a really cool Superman and Enduring Symbol of Hope with Brian Michael Bendis, Dan Jurgens, and Gene Luen Yang. That was a cool 25-ish minute thing, I think. Uh, there was a Superman radio show, The Creative Coalition Presents, and I, I checked in a little bit of that. I wasn't able to watch all of it while DC Fandom was available, but it was uh, fun hearing people do voices and do a radio show episode and all that stuff and see them do the noise effects and how they handle all that that was pretty cool i wish i could have seen more i don't think it's available anywhere else it might be on youtube i'll have to check but all in all it, it was some cool supplemental stuff for superman fans on that day obviously if you were hoping for big news or announcements or anything like that there wasn't anything of the sort but uh some cool things for superman fans in terms of movie news since the last episode not a ton as per usual but there are a couple little things i wanted to discuss so justice league zack snyder's justice league or justice league the director's cut whatever it's going to be called there is some news it was reported that henry cavill was going to return for additional photography that was kind of refuted it doesn't sound like he did they wrapped it already i think they did eight days of shooting that's going to take up about four minutes of screen time so i don't think there's anything major it doesn't sound like henry cavill returned as far as i know if he had returned that would be maybe an encouraging sign if you wanted him to return to future films in the down the line uh, but it doesn't sound like he did um, but he has The Witcher going on filming right now so scheduling wise it would be tough even if he was wanted back and I don't know that he was even needed back uh, as far as Zack Snyder is concerned Jared Leto is going to return in Justice League as the Joker this is I don't know I thought this was kind of cool news uh, doesn't do much with Superman, but just looking at how Justice League, some people are thinking this will set up things in the future for Justice League going forward. I don't know, maybe, maybe if there's, with what everything WB and DC are doing in live action right now, I have no idea what their plan is and if they announce something, you know, I, I don't under, I don't have any idea what their strategy is long term or anything like that. They're just putting a lot of projects out there and I'm not sure how it all fits together or is supposed to work in the long term but I think this could be a cool opportunity whether you love the Zack Snyder era of DC movies Man of Steel Batman v Superman and Justice League whether you love them or not I'm hoping that the, the additional photography the little bits they did and this inclusion of Joker is to give closure to to those people who loved this era um I think that's just a little way to tie up any loose threads. There was Batman looking at the destroyed Robin costume in Batman v Superman, so maybe this ties into that somehow. So I think this could be a cool way to have a finish and end, uh, a satisfying conclusion for those who, who love that era. But we'll see um, how that's going to all work. 
Snyder also talked to Entertainment Weekly about the miniseries, movie, whatever it is. And he said that he wants to do a theatrical release, which is tricky, uh, especially given the current pandemic. Uh, how he plans to do that, I don't know. And the fact that it's going to be a four-hour movie, that would make things difficult. So I don't know if they would do a four-hour movie and then release them individually as episodes on HBO Max or how they're going to handle all that. But four hours is obviously a long time for a movie, and I think most people would appreciate an intermission or something like that. But he also says it's possibly R-rated because Batman's going to say an F-bomb. Steppenwolf's going to be hacking people in half. Um, I don't really want to see an R-rated Justice League. Uh, I know some people love the more violent, more bloody, and more language used that is allowed in our rating that doesn't really improve the experience for me at all and usually could actually take away with it if it's done poorly so that doesn't excite me i know some people are excited some people are upset you know don't think a justice league movie should ever or a superman movie or justice league movie anything like that should ever be r-rated i tend to agree with that i think pg-13 you can do anything you could want and more in a justice league movie uh, in terms of violence and all of that so that doesn't excite me, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that Snyder would want to go that way. After all, the Ultimate Edition of BVS was R-rated. It wasn't that significantly different from the theatrical edition. So I don't know if that's just kind of a marketing gimmick or a way to draw attention to those who might be interested in that. I don't know. And it looks like uh, with some things Snyder has said on Vero that it might be a March release. So again, I don't know if that's the first episode or if that's going to be all four release in March or how they do that. But it's, it's coming up pretty soon here, actually, and I'll have to figure out how I'm going to cover this on the show and all of that. But, yeah, it's really soon. Let's talk to James Gunn now. So James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, other movies, including the upcoming Suicide Squad movie for DC. And he called directing a Superman movie a possibility in an interview a while back with Empire. So I'll just read from the Empire article here. But it says, Gunn knew he had to update MCU, had Honcho Kevin Feige on his next project, who, when told it was a DC movie, asked, is it Superman? Gunn stated that it wasn't Superman. That was a possibility, he tells Empire, and explained that he had chosen the Suicide Squad. That is what is from the article. Uh, First off, (laughs) Kevin Feige, producer of the highest grossing film of all time, and obviously very successful, whether you love the Marvel movies or not, very successful as a producer and probably pretty smart business sense how hilarious is it not hilarious how surprising is it that he gets told that gun is doing a dc movie his instincts are superman because that's what you would think you would think somebody would be doing superman kevin feige over there at marvel is thinking wow you gotta be doing a superman movie right like why would you not do a superman movie uh you'd have to ask wb their answers for that but very interesting I thought that his business instincts told him, obviously, it would be Superman. That's that's kind of what he's doing. And that's what I would think, too, but it wasn't. Uh, as far as that, as far as Gunn doing a Superman movie, I, I don't think it's going to happen, so we don't really have to speculate on it. I don't think he'd be a perfect choice. I think he could be a good choice, especially with his Guardians movie. Obviously, he leans into the humor very much, more lighthearted, more silly. I don't mind some of that, and, and in fact, would like some of that in a Superman movie to some degree, not to the degree in the Guardians movies. But I think it would have been, I guess now that we're so far removed from Man of Steel, it wouldn't really matter. But it would have been almost whiplash 
to go from Zack Snyder, who's about as serious as you can get as a comic book movie director, to James Gunn, who is as willing to have fun with the source material as he is. It's it's almost the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of comic book movies. And I think maybe something in the middle would be a bit, a bit better of approach and not swing all the way back. But I think, you know, maybe Gunn would adjust to the things, you know, adjust to the source material and maybe do a better job with that. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter now. But it's also interesting that it was a possibility. Now, this is a couple years ago now. It's interesting that in an alternate timeline, we could have been, there could be a Superman movie in the can ready to release next year as the Suicide Squad is if Gunn had chosen Superman. And man, it, it asks, that raises a bunch of behind the scenes questions about what WB is willing to do with Superman and is not willing to do. I still think if an A-list director wanted to came in and did Superman, if Steven Spielberg said, I'm dropping all my projects, I want to do a Superman movie tomorrow, give me $180 million, WB would probably say yes. But it's weird to know what they think qualifies for that standard, what who thinks who they think is worthy of doing that and who they don't. Gunn seems like it was given the opportunity, but Christopher McQuarrie wasn't. That's before Mission Impossible Fallout came out, but McQuarrie still had a good track record. A lot of other pretty big name directors and writers have expressed interest in doing a Superman movie. So it, apparently they're either can't figure something out with them or something about gun makes them you know they thought gun was a much higher they want a gun bad enough that they gave him all sorts of options or they really like him and, and would have given been willing to give him superman and not christopher mcquarrie or someone else like that i don't know uh i, I think obviously a superman movie is quite a ways off but the behind the scenes stuff is fascinating and frustrating as has been the case for most of most of this century and this, the century before that onto some tv news it has been announced that season six of supergirl will be the final season they'll get 20 episodes to finish out the show and have a finale and everything my thoughts on this i'm very mixed overall on the supergirl show i've certainly been frustrated in the past i don't watch it anymore i stopped i caught up to watch Crisis on Infinite Earths and stopped after that. I don't think it's surprising that with Superman and Lois on the way that they would, that Supergirl would be ending. I think some people blame Superman and Lois when I think it's more likely that they knew season six of Supergirl was going to be the last and Melissa Benoist's contract may be up and wants to move on and do other things. And they had an opportunity to also do Superman and Lois and the, uh, Supergirl being ending isn't Superman and Lois's fault necessarily as far as we know. So I think a lot of people have been pointing the finger at Superman and Lois when I don't think that's necessarily the case. But as for Supergirl ending, I recently watched the trailer for Tyler Hecklin's first appearance on the show just for, for fun. And man, it reminded me how much I, I liked and had fun with that show the first couple of seasons. I think the first season is still the best overall with what they were able to do. I think it helps that they probably had a quite a bit bigger budget on the CBS than when they switched to the CW. But I think on the whole, the show has mostly done a good job in entertaining. Its heart's been in the right place for the most part in terms of telling positive stories, obviously showing a female superhero, which was new at the time that the show started. It was a big deal. 
and I think it's it's done a lot of good things as a show. And you know, some people have complained it's gotten too political at times, or the quality's dipped, or things like that. I don't necessarily have any problems with that. There's certainly some things they could have handled better, but overall, I think it did a pretty good job as a show. My my mixed feelings and frustration mainly come as a Superman fan watching it. Um, the way they've obviously the way they treated Tyler Hecklin Superman at times in terms of making him look bad to prop up Supergirl rather than establishing them both as really cool characters. But also the way they've just kind of taken so much of the Superman mythology, Superman characters, Superman storylines, major Superman storylines, and just applied them to Supergirl. And I think that's a poor way to handle both characters and has made me like the Supergirl character a lot less um, because it's kind of the worst way to handle a derivative character is just take aspects the good things about one character and apply them to character B. And now I think they both become weaker characters because of that, rather than establishing what makes Supergirl great, what's unique about her and why she deserves to be such a great hero. They just kind of taken Superman things and applied it to them to Supergirl. Now Supergirl has done some great things when they actually do their original stuff. The relationship with their sister, Alex Danvers, Windshot as the, son of Windshot Sr., the toy man, was a really cool thing. And all those kind of things that they've done are pretty neat, but I think they've, the more they take from Superman, the less I liked the show. So when they take, directly adapt Superman storylines, like the solar flare, when story right out of the New 52, when they take from Superman Red Sun, when they take Superman Clark Kent being the inspiration for the legion of superheroes all those things are kind of frustrating to me and has left a sour taste in my mouth thinking about the supergirl show despite the things it does well so yeah i'm not sure if i'll watch the final season i don't plan to watch it live or anything like that but maybe i'll I'll, uh, catch up on it one day and and check it out but i think it will be good for superman and lois you know not that i'm glad the, the show's canceled or that people are losing their jobs and all that, but not that the show is necessarily canceled, that the show is ending, I should say. But it will be good for Superman and Lois to have free reign with the Superman mythology because even this past season, I believe Supergirl was kind of given free reign to do whatever they wanted with Superman characters. They took Mixie Pitlick and Lex Luthor continued on the show after Crisis, I believe. So I think it will be good for Superman and Lois not to have to fight with uh, another show and fight over characters or try to match up mythologies or things like that. I think that will help a little bit. And also with Crisis, it allows Superman and Lois a fresh slate to bring back any characters and do different versions of characters that have appeared before and that kind of thing. So it allows Superman and Lois to have a fresh start and not need people to have seen Supergirl or all the other shows to onto DC Universe sounds like DC Universe Infinite is on the way. It's going to be a pure comic book service as opposed to a multimedia service before. The original shows are moving to HBO Max and all that. Comics will be on there after six months instead of 12 now. I am sad that it's changing, but I think it's still a really great deal. DC Universe has been a good deal since it started, I think, and I think it got better. The main thing now is that it's been for comics that has pretty much all of DC and Superman's past comic book history in terms of what's been digitalized, digitized, digitalized, digitized in terms of what's on there. So it allows it to 
I mean, it's really great. <laughs> Superman only service. It's really great. They had all the Superman shows on there for the most part. Uh, some they didn't have at times and movies came on and off, but man, it was really good. I mean, it was really cool to have the adventures of Superman, Superboy, Lois and Clark on there. And a lot of the animation, the majority of the animation was really cool. Um, and I've got most of that stuff elsewhere, so I can live without having it on there. But it would was nice to have it all in one place and not have, I've kind of got it split out between physical media and multiple digital retailers and stuff like that. But this will be okay. I know the original shows are moving to HBO Max. I'm guessing the older ones will too. I'm guessing Superboy will be on there and stuff. I don't have HBO Max yet. Uh, might get it eventually, but I'm glad to have DC Universe Infinite continue as a comic book service, and they're bumping the 12 months down to six. I think that's really cool. I mean, it's a great value if you read comics at all. I think it's a really great value because there are hundreds, thousands of Superman comics on there to make your way through. I hope they continue to digitize the older golden, silver, and bronze age comics and all of that. I think it's a really great deal, and so I'm glad it's continuing in comic book form as it is elsewhere comic book stuff so superman smashes the clan won a 2020 harvey award for best children or young adult book it's the three issue series from gene luen yang and guru Huri, uh if that's how you pronounce it i don't have anything to add but i love this story i thought it was great i think it's a great comic one of the best things i've read for superman in the last couple of years best new things and i recommend it to to pretty much any superman fan so i think it's worth checking out and i'm glad it won an award because i think it deserves it I haven't seen all the other nominees, haven't read all the nominees, but Superman Smashes the Clan was spectacular, and I'm glad to see it get recognition. And David Hasselhoff is going to voice or play Superman in a Dark Knight's Death Metal short-form animatic series. I don't know what any of that means or what I just said. I haven't been keeping up with Dark Knight's Death Metal. I don't know what an animatic series is, but okay, cool. Uh, it's neat. Maybe I'll check it out, I guess. I did see a little preview of what they had, and it reminded me of a motion comic. Motion comics kind of, uh, maybe I've just seen weird motion comics, but there's weird in-between between actually reading the comic and animation. It just, the in-between just, just doesn't quite work for me. At least what I've seen. I haven't seen a ton. I watched, like, the accountant one, and that was just weird because you're gunshots and screaming, but you're reading a comic book in slow motion. It's just strange. But other really big Superman news is coming, but I don't really know what it is. We don't know what it is. It's a bunch of vague announcements and things like this. So I'll touch on some of it. Brian Michael Bendis is obviously departing the Superman in action comic titles. If you hadn't seen following issues number 28 of Superman and 1028 of action comics. I have not read everything that Bendis has done with Superman. And I don't know if or when I will catch up on that. I assume I will be reading it eventually, and I've been critical of it, largely extent. I'm not a big fan of the, the secret identity reveal and everything that comes with that. And some of the other changes he made following Rebirth, I did think he did some good stuff in the early days of writing Superman, what I did read, probably that first year or so, year and change maybe. And I think he did have a good voice for Superman, the character of Superman, some of the rest of the stuff, some of the Clark and Lois stuff. Obviously, John and, and things like that I didn't love, or the secret identity reveal, of course. And I might get into that more later. I'm going to talk a little bit about Superman Rebirth at the end. But uh, he's going on to do other things, and it looks like he might be working on Justice League. So he will still continue 
with Superman in some capacity, it looks like, if you are a fan there. But all in all, I'm excited to see where Superman goes from here, a fresh voice and things like that. But there's a lot up in the air right now where I'm not really sure what's coming down the line for Superman. And I'm not sure I'm excited or not. Uh, there's It sounds like there's lots of big changes. I mean, it's a continuation, but there's been, especially if you followed back to the 5G rumors and everything like that, there's been rumors of big changes at DC Comics. And there's been the layoffs. There's been so much going on that it's tough to know what the big plan is for DC going forward and, and comic books in general and Superman in specific, what's going to happen. So let's just... Let's just talk through some of these things. There's DC's future state in January and February. It's a two-month possible future of the DC universe, from my understanding. I didn't read into this too much. It's got, like, John Kent as Superman in Metropolis, which is not something I'm interested in. I'm not interested in anybody but Clark Kent being Superman. But Clark Kent's Superman will be in Superman Worlds of War, so he's going to be on... Warworld, I think, taking out Mongol or something. That sounds like it could be cool, and I might check that out as like a out-of-continuity Elseworlds type fun little action event thing. Um, but along with that, new writers are coming on, following up. There's going to be something called Infinite Frontier, and it sounds like it's going to lead into this next event. So it's almost like a sequel of sorts, from my understanding, from DC Rebirth, and we don't know what's going to come out of that yet. So that's like going to establish what is going to happen going forward in the DC universe, but we don't know what that is yet. And then the new creators will take over for Superman comics. So Philip Kennedy Johnson is going to take over both Superman and action comics. And he's teased the big event his first month with John and Clark and all of that. So I don't know. I don't know what's coming on. It looks like from the infinite frontier, they're trying to establish changes of some kind, whatever's going on in the future of the DC universe. They're having multiple versions of characters like Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, which I don't think is a good idea. I think those three have survived since for more than 80 years. And to bring in multiple versions is not smart and not something I want to see. Obviously, I don't want to see anybody but Clark Kent as Superman. That doesn't interest me. You can do some cool things with John Kent being the son of Superman but if you're just planning to make him Superman, that's much less interesting to me and just try to to put him in Clark Kent's place, replace him, I find that less interesting. There are some cool ideas that can be done from that in terms of establishing legacy and looking at you know, how you replace parents and all that kind of thing. There are some cool things from that you can do with that, but just on a basic level, I want to read stories about Clark Kent and Superman and Lois Lane and the Daily Planet and Perry White and I understand you need to make changes over time and and all of that and you've got to appeal to lots of comic book readers but I don't know this doesn't sound terribly appealing I'll wait out and see uh, what comes from it but as someone who just wants to see you know Lois and Clark and, and Metropolis and some cool Superman stories I don't know if that's going to be coming you know it, doesn't, it sounds like change is coming and that's fine. Change is fine. It's got to happen at some point, I suppose. But it just doesn't seem to appeal to me. Uh, so we'll just wait and see and see what comes of that. It doesn't terribly excite me right now. Uh, Johnson did say some interesting things about Superman and what he thinks of Superman and his inspiration and all that. 
it sounded really great, but again, we'll see what their plans are going forward and how that all is handled. I'm, I'm, if it sounds like I'm very wishy-washy on this whole situation, it's because I am. I didn't love Bendis's work from what I read and would normally be excited for a new writer, but I just have no idea what their plans are. You know, what's DC's plans for Superman the next two years? I have no idea. And I'm not sure it's a ride I want to take at this point. Lastly today, I want to do a little bit of a look back on Superman's Rebirth era. I recently finished a reread of it for Superman and Lois, the New Adventures podcast. If you want to check out my high-level thoughts on each arc, we took a, a couple arcs each episode, read it, gave our thoughts. We didn't break down in detail every episode, every issue, but we did kind of give our high-level thoughts on the books and what we think, how that could translate into Superman and Lois. So if you want to check that out, do that. I won't be doing a heavy breakdown here, but I did want to give my thoughts looking back at those roughly 100 issues as a whole, if you take into account Lois and Clark, the convergence before that, close to 45 plus issues of Action Comics and Superman, there was close to 100 issues in this era, and reading them all in a shorter time frame, this time I, I wanted to give my overall thoughts. So this rebirth era from 2016 to 2018-ish is probably one of the most enjoyed by Superman fans in a while, just looking at the consensus seems to be really beloved by a lot of Superman fans. Uh, there are obviously some detractors, but I see a lot of people saying this is just how Superman should be, and this should be the format, the new status quo for Superman going forward. I wouldn't go that far, but I will say it's been some of the most consistently, it was some of the most consistently entertaining Superman books in a long time. You could argue those two years are the most consistently enjoyable Superman books since the early 90s in terms of Superman as a whole the excitement that came in obviously there are a bunch of spin-offs and things like that but I'm focusing on Superman and action comics and it was it was really good and I think it proved that you can just have really great action adventure Superman books while also doing character work and having a great family dynamic and all of that you can have all that because I think before that if you look at the new 52 and even before that in the most of this century in live action and in comic books and pretty much everything with Superman has been very introspective in terms of it's been more about Superman, the idea of Superman, than about the character himself, if that makes sense. So it's been more about you know, what Superman's role in the world is, Superman having some great stories and dealing with character work from that. So it wasn't trying to deconstruct Superman in any way. It was just trying to tell that. And it helps that there was some great, great, great character work filled with heart and hope and everything you want in a Superman story from the likes of Dan Jurgens, Peter Tomasi, Patrick Gleason, all of those involved, creative teams involved. I'm not going to say anything new, probably nothing you haven't heard before here, but the Clark and Lois family dynamic and all of that was great. There were some really good stories just in terms of change of pace. It was coming at you fast. It helped that there was two issues a month of each title, but there was good variety in terms of two-issue story arcs, six-issue story arcs, and all of that that made it really fun and entertaining, especially coming off New 52 where the Superman fandom was very split. And for me especially, it was very hit and miss. There's some great stuff in the New 52, some eh, and some less great stuff. The character of John Kent at the time was one of the best additions to the mythology in a long time. 
I really like that nine, 10 year old kid and, and everything like that. Um, and how that impact in Clark and Lois as parents, as professionals, as a superhero couple, if you will. And the farm setting was unique. I thought it went on a little bit too long, but it was nice to have that sort of back to basics back on the farm. It gave very much feels of the early seasons of Smallville, the TV show with raising a super powered kid and all of that. And then I'm sure that they'll take forward to Superman and Lois, the TV show, I would really assume. If I do have some complaints, there are a few. I think the farm setting did outlast its welcome to me. I liked it at first and thought it was really cool. But I think about the midpoint after Superman Reborn when the secret identity was reinstated and Superman's history was sort of solidified and we figured everything out after all the mysteries of rebirth. I think if that had gone back to them moving into Metropolis right away, which they hinted that they were going to, but they didn't really, and gotten back to work at the Daily Planet, and then you could have had a new dynamic to play out for a while, being in the big city, John getting more responsibilities, uh, becoming his own superhero, with his parents being maybe even busier. There's a ton of stuff you could do there, and seeing Clark and Lois really juggle, Clark especially juggle being Superman, being a reporter, and being a parent. I think you could tell a lot of great stories with that. As it was, the farm setting went on a little bit too long and it got away from the classic Superman dynamic that I like to see in Metropolis and all of that. In terms of stories, I thought they were generally almost all very entertaining and very good. I don't know that any will stand as classics. If you had to pick one, Superman, Lois, and Clark will likely be remembered the most. But if you were to pick out one story arc, I don't know that any stand really above the rest. There's some great stories. There's some great individual issues. Our Town, Superman number 7, where they go to the county fair is one of them. But I don't know that Bizarroverse or Multiplicity or The Oz Effect or any of those are going to be remembered with the greatest Superman stories of all time. Maybe time will tell. We'll see on that. And I think the the farm setting also hurt Lois. We got to see her as a mother and as a wife and was really cool in that. And I love the family dynamic, how they were three people who really loved each other and there wasn't a ton of angst or forced drama or anything like that. They loved each other. They made mistakes. They had stresses, but they were kind of in it together. And I think seeing that healthy family dynamic was a really cool thing to see. But Lois, as a reporter along with Clark, were hurt. So Lois didn't get a ton of time reporting. A few things here and there. And we got to see Lois dealing with Superman a lot. And there was action, including on the the moon when she's in the Hellbat armor. But I think there was a point towards the end, the Imperious Lex storyline, where Lois trains and becomes a female fury. And that just took me out of the story. And I'm just thinking, what what are we doing here? We got, you know, Peter Tomasi, Patrick Gleason, they know a ton more about Superman than I ever could dream to know. But I'm just thinking, what's the point of this Lois Lane character, right? Uh, what, why do people love Lois Lane? I love seeing her in action and, and holding her own and all that. But I don't love Lois Lane because she can go to Apocalypse and train with the female Furies. And if that had been a one-off thing, that would have been fine. But since it had been happening so much throughout Rebirth, it was a little frustrating and and too far away from what makes me love the character, even though she's got some really great stuff to do in there. So all in all, I have really fond memories of the Rebirth era. I like thinking this 
in the future they will have Lois and Clark, they will have a kid and it will be John. I like thinking that that is the case. That is the ending. And I like this as a continuation of that pre-crisis Superman and, and this being the continuation. A lot of frustration comes with what happened after that. I think Bendis did have some good ideas. I'm not doing a respect retrospective on Bendis now. Maybe once I've read everything, I will. But I think he had some actual good ideas. He wanted to go back to the Metropolis, establish Superman as a hero on his own, and really get back to the basics. In a lot of ways, I think that did well. But the other questionable ideas, it was a little bit of a whiplash because you're going from some really fast-paced storytelling to Bendis, who was really slow-paced, and the story arcs are longer and, and take a while to get through. But also the, the aging up of John Kent. If you've got a kid in, in a comic book, you're going to age them eventually and handle all that. I thought it was rushed, just rapidly aging him, sending him off and rapidly aging him. Uh, there was years of stories to tell there, you know, seeing him grow up a little bit. And I mean, maybe not 20 years of John Kent as a kid stories, but maybe you could do five instead of just two. But that's not what Bendis wanted to do, um, and that's fine. But rapidly aging him, setting him off, that wasn't very compelling to me because John Kent went from a really cool addition to the Superman mythos to just being another generic hero in the DC universe. There's so many teenage superheroes that I can't keep track of. He's got a little bit of a unique edge because he's the son of Clark and Lois, but a 17-ish-year-old Superboy, he's not even the only teenage Superboy in the DC universe because Connor Kent was reintroduced around that time. So he went from a really cool character to just a generic one. And uh, it's made me much less interested in the John Kent character, especially if they want to establish him here going forward as the next Superman or whatever. I'm, I'm much less interested in John Kent from that way. But there could be some really, really great things this Rebirth era. I'm curious how it will stand, how it will be remembered by Superman fans five years from now, ten years from now. Like I said, some people think of this as this is the definitive Superman. Superman should always have a young child, John, and have that family dynamic. I think it's great, but I wouldn't go that far. I still love Lois and Clark stories before they are parents and want to see that, even before they're together and want to see that. And I think you can do a lot of cool things, and there's lots of story just to tell like that, but I do have really good memories of the Rebirth era on the whole, and, and think it was a really fun time and exciting time to be a Superman fan of Superman and comics, so that is all I have for today. I will be back, hopefully by the end of the year, looking at looking back at Superman in 2020, and maybe looking ahead to 2021, and what is, but in the meantime, if you want to email me, or follow on Twitter, at SupermanPod, leave any messages for the show there or anything like that, anything you want me to talk about on the show. And if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, I would appreciate it. So thanks for listening, and I'll be back soon.